Hi everyone, this is the Welcome to Your Funeral podcast. I'm Beth Savage with my co-host, Dr. Virginia Silkey. We talked to Emily Moore for about seven hours in our studio, so we could not cut that down to just an hour-long episode, as you may have noticed. She has both an obituary episode and a funeral episode. But there were a few other conversations that we really wanted to share, and we're hoping to share a couple of those through micro-episodes before the end of January. This first micro-episode, Emily talks about being radicalized by the Department of Social Services, about thinking that she was doing a really great thing, and then seeing what was really behind the curtain and realizing that that wasn't where she needed to be at all. This job helped her realize that the systems themselves were flawed and that she wanted to spend her time working to dismantle those systems and build them in a way that were more positive and community focused. I hope you enjoy our conversation. My professional hat that makes me money is as a policy analyst. And so I get to walk into our state general assembly, tell folks that the laws they're making suck. No, I'm a lot more professional than that. But you know, basically that their laws suck uh, and that they don't take the needs of people like you and me and your normal everyday person into consideration. So um, that is where I'm at now. Long road to get me there, however. Um, I started in direct service right after I left this building. She very much did. Yeah, I went right into the world of work. It really just showed me like how fucked up our systems are. Um, my favorite story that I like to tell about this, which I think is very fitting, is like my job at the Department of Social Services is what radicalized me. To make a very long story short. Okay, wait, time out. Hey, parents and anyone who's watching, it wasn't me that radicalized no. her. It's not the liberal arts education. It's the system, right. period. Sweet. Okay. It's the system. Um, but you helped to, to radicalize me. Oops. Okay. In the best way possible. I know, but I'm just, I was just trying to, you know. You gave me a lens in which to look at the world mm -hmm. and say, hey, these things are bad. Like, this is not how this should go. Um, so, uh, long story short, there was a kid. I was a foster care caseworker. There was a kid on my caseload. And he was in the first stable placement he'd ever been in his 17 years of life. And there was a... Um, a discrepancy about some funds. Uh, we, he was placed with what's called a therapeutic foster care agency. And so they, their job is to, to provide support um, to these young folks and the Department of Social Services pays them to do it. And there was a discrepancy about how much it cost. And uh, I got called into the office one day and they said, you got to move that kid. Um, they, the money situation was messed up. Like the agency wasn't paying the therapeutic or the therapeutic agency wanted to increase the payment and the DSS disagreed. And they're like, you got to move that kid. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, why would I do that? Uh, he's stable. Like, that is against his best interest. So I went to the state. I made a couple complaints. I was like, hey, we got to figure something out. I kind of went around the system. I went back to my boss. And I was like, hey, I've got a fix. Like, here's how we can make this work. And he can stay in his placement. They fired me. They fired me the day before my probationary period ended because the state of Virginia is a right to work state. Yep, it is. So they didn't have to give me a reason. Yeah. And they could just let me go. And, and then they, it wasn't under the whistleblower policy. Right. So I was like, oh, I see how this goes. And, you know, they told me I didn't understand the business. Side of the so. That's Holy how we got Emily. to policy. Emily. So you're an idealistic kid who doesn't understand money and it's some yeah. fitness in the world and because the fact you that cared you, about this kid. And the fact that you cared about him and he was stable and you went out and found a way to make it work yeah. that would benefit everybody. Right. Like, 
But and, the money. Ugh. But the money. So that's how we got here. Oh, my gosh. Emily. I was like, wow, these systems are um, not only do they not work, but they're like not designed right. to help people. Right. Right. And I was like, all right, well. Emily's not going to grad school. Emily's going to change this. <laughs> Emily's going <laughs> to save the world. So uh, that is my long-winded version of how I got here. Uh, You're at Virginia Voices for Children? Voices for Virginia's Children. She almost got it. Yeah. Or, I'm not their voices. I'm amplifying their voices. When you discovered that when the system wasn't working, it was actually working as it was intended to work. It was actually working the way it was built. Yeah. You wanted to go change those systems, right? And so how much, how long have you been at um, your new job? Voices for Virginia's Children? Yes. Okay. I've actually only been there, it'll be two years in April. Um, when I left DSS, the funny thing is I actually went to the uh, nonprofit agency that they were having the debate with over the money. Yes. So do tell that part of the story. Yes. So many, so many pieces of it. Um, but when they offered you the job. Yeah, uh, I was told I had balls, which was funny. Because you have ovaries, but yeah, cool. But, uh, we'll yeah. unpack that later. We will. Right? We will. Um, no, I want. I want to. I don't know that I remember how I've. You said that. I guess you went to court or something, and then you got fired. And the woman from that agency had seen you in the court system before and offered you a job. <laughs> so yeah. so um, actually, there the. DSS's attorney. So when you have a Department of Social Services, they all have a county attorney, right? Somebody that's with them. Um, he fought for DSS against me in my unemployment claim, which was uh, very interesting. They were trying to say that I was insubordinate. Um, so that was that was a whole piece of it. Uh, so when you try to buck the system, right? Like it bucks you right. It, it does try to buck you right back. And you know, I mean, I was born in Amherst County. I went to Amherst County High Schools. I came here to Lynchburg College. And then I went to work for Amherst DSS. Like, I, I was in a, and if my mom's listening, she would uh, want me to say that not only was all that happening, but I was in the Amherst County court system because I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was a monster. My mom got me out of so much trouble. That is just a whole aside. So, like, I was working now in a position of, like, authority in a county mm -hmm. where in the courts were, like, I was in front of those J&D judges, like, losing my driver's license for going 80 on the bypass and, like... To be fair, the bypass is very tempting. To be yeah. fair, don't make a speed limit 70 if you don't want people to go 80. <laughs> right? I mean, it's so clear. It's so simple. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Another aside. 10 miles an hour. Yes. Come on. It's not that big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It is when you're 16 and so you'd only been in a bus stage. You know what? It's not my fault. Ride, yeah. Sally, ride, but also. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm involved in this court system, mm -hmm. right? That like right. I've been previously involved in in a different way. People don't take me seriously. They they don't think I should be there. My education doesn't matter, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Um, and I've got some advocates on my side, um, but mostly folks that I think were intimidated at the fact that I was 21. 22 years old, like calling out this system, like actually, hey, I see you're doing this wrong. Like I see, I see the way that the system's designed and like maybe we should change some things. And so they got their way with me. They were able to fire me. Um, I end up at the agency that I was really kind of working with in a way that I didn't realize it. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't think of the chief financial officer's name. I can see his face. But he looked at me and he was like, you got balls, kid. Um, but yeah, so I ended up at this, this nonprofit, which, 
you know, it's funny. I thought that that was like the side of the system that I was like, oh, okay, well, this is like the good side of the system. Like the state's the bad side of the system. This is the good side of the system. And then I just saw that they were just like also profiting off kids in the system because they're a business, right? Like at the end of the day, you're a business. And if your model is providing support to kids in foster care, you're going to make money off that, right? And so I was like, oh, I actually am even deeper into the weeds of this. Like now I got to change some things than I currently am. And then I found myself working in a system that I was like, actually, we need to like blow this whole thing up. I don't want to work in this anymore. And restart. Right. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm working in this system. Like I'm, I'm ashamed to be a part of. I had like some real moral injury. I was like, oh my God, like I am sitting here on camera and, and I've got like all these video clips of me like on the news and stuff like these poor kids need families. Oh my God, don't you want to be a foster parent? Like all these things. And I look back and I'm like, Oh, you poor brainwashed child. Like, wow. But it's, you know, it's the way the system, they they throw you into the work. You don't learn the harms that these systems have caused and, and contributed to. And so then I was like, Oh, like I actually have to get out of this. Like Mm -hmm. to, to the next level I go. And, and, you know, I'm so grateful to have worked through that. I work with a lot of people that are brilliant. Like they can tell you, what code section of the law, what you're looking for is in, and they can recite it upside down and inside out. They cannot tell you what their community needs. Mm-hmm. They've not talked to a single person in their community to like learn what is needed. And so I love the way that I've made my way up this ladder of being like, I, I worked in it. I caused the harm. I saw it. I called it out. I experienced it a different way. And then I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like it's full circle. It's so full circle. It's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole organization is full of social workers. So like, it's just the way we do our work, <laughs> which I'm very grateful for. We work with a lot of great policy partners, but most folks are like MPPs. Like, you know, they went to Batten school at UVA and they've got right. their public policy degree and put on their suit and tie. But it's like, I want to put on my t-shirt, my sneakers and like go sit in the floor with this kid and their family and like figure out what's going on. So I, I took a weird path here. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I go into these rooms with these people with all these letters behind their names and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh, oh man, Emily. like I should have all these letters behind my name to have gotten here. And then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Actually, I did this the way that like if we want social change, like this is how it should be done. But it's this constant struggle. Think of how many people would not have been helped if you had been sitting in a classroom these last years. Oh, God. I mean, truly, like it, it is. And I think. People don't realize when they come out with those degrees, I think, to what extent they have a top-down approach. Like, yeah. they don't want to ask those kids what they need because they already know because they read all the books about it. They read a textbook that told yeah. them what these kids need. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you put that to rest because yeah. that's not good. And if I, I, can, would, okay, go I was going to say, and I would argue that you're probably as smart, if not smarter, than most of them because not only are you capable of book smarts, you are capable of really getting into the community right. and that's what like that's the combination we need right like em- empathy and emotional intelligence i mean i, I know it exhausts you probably you know. that's all for this micro podcast we hope you enjoyed our conversation please continue to tune in and listen uh, to leave us comments and reviews and to follow us on social media we'll see you next time